There is more going on than you know. There are unseen universal forces at work. The law of attraction is just one universal law that plays a part in shaping your reality. But there's so much more to know. If you knew how to engage all the universal forces, you could deliberately create the life of your dreams. Joshua, a group of non-physical teachers, explains the laws of the universe and how the mechanisms of physical reality actually work. They are channeled by Gary Temple Bodley, and each week, Gary and a group of students discuss how they are affecting and enhancing their lives every single day. This is the expansion of the Law of Attraction. This is the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. We're thrilled you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. Today, we're going to talk about an issue that happens to all of us, and it's sort of interesting and fun when we invite someone over to stay for a little while, and there's this new energy in the house, a new person walking around, and we're like, okay, you know, when are you going to leave? Why aren't you cleaning up after yourself? What's going on here? And how do you handle this person in a law of attraction kind of way? You know, we're supposed to look at all their positive aspects and appreciate that they're here for a while and do all that stuff, but sometimes they just get on your nerves. So we're going to talk about unwanted house guests, which could be unwanted kids in your house. It could be unwanted parents in your house. It could be unwanted relatives in your house. Unwanted house guests, how do we best deal with them in a law of attraction way? And today, we're changing it up a little bit, and we have a couple new people. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hey. Hey, Gary. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you for being here. Hi, Sir Gunn. It's great to Hi. see you. <laughs> Say hello to the 6 million people out there. Hi, 6 million people. Awesome. <laughs> and Tracy. Good hello, Gary. And Wendy's here. Hi, Wendy. Well, hello. Hello. Wendy is an unwanted house guest herself I am right now. house guest in my son's house, you know, but hey, <laughs> I pull my weight here. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. I pull my weight with that little two-year-old. Oh, guys, I was playing with him this morning. It was so – to witness that unabashed joy and pure, authentic excitement, oh, my God. I played and played and played, and I, I, was, ex- I was exhilarated. I wasn't tired. I wasn't like nothing hurt. It was like, oh, I want to do that again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I so look forward to my grandchildren and, and, and seeing them from the higher perspective yes. now, you know, because we didn't do it when our kids were little. You know, we didn't right. know as much as we know now. So how exciting is that? Yeah. yeah. And I think about like Sir Gunn and Kyla with these little guys and stuff. It's like, oh, man, it would be so, so fun to know what we know and go back and do it. But, you know, next time. Pre-limiting <laughs> beliefs. All before yeah. their limiting beliefs start. Yep. It's so fun watching right. little kids. Yeah. They just, they don't have any kind of preconceived notions about how things should be exactly. or what should happen. And, yeah. you know, it yeah. just shows you we all come in as who we authentically are. Mm-hmm. We expect people to take care of us, right? We expect to get everything we need. Mm-hmm. We're not, don't have those kind of fears. And then we adopt these limiting beliefs along the way. And then those fears yeah. come up. And then now we have to be different than we are. But yeah. so that just shows you that our journey is coming in as pure positive love and acceptance, being who we authentically are, mm-hmm. then adopting limiting beliefs, and then creating this trajectory to explore all that. And then getting to this point where now we're peeling away those limiting beliefs and we're getting back to who we really were. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I'll, I'll watch him because he knows, like, he has lots of rules. There's rules here, trust me. And he'll, like, start to do something, and he'll look at me like, is this okay? And I'm like, go for it. And he's like, oh, so excited. You know, he'll jump or whatever he's going to do. And <laughs> it's amazing. I love watching it. We try not to, when it's meanie time, we try not to have any rules. Yeah. yeah. Very allowing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unlike the parents. Uh-huh. <laughs> have you taken him to a store? Oh, yeah. Took him to Costco. Uh-huh. You should, I have a video of him walking around eating his little sample. He was hiding in the, you know, how the racks, you know, where they stack uh-huh. everything. He was going back in hiding. He was, he loved the produce section because it was so cold. He'd <laughs> run down and go, brr, and then he'd run back in. <laughs> yeah. I've but, always wondered, I've always wondered with those with children, I wonder if that is the closest we can get to our true source, you know, on Earth. If they are the closest to, I to think so. Whatever that whatever that higher plane is, and I've just always yeah. wondered. There's just such imagination there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, children, puppies, puppies, uh, baby oh. animals of any kind. Yes, yeah. you know? yes. <laughs> We saw a bunch of baby goats the other day. Oh, it was fine. so cute. Oh. So cute. So cute. We have goats in the hills by our house. They bring them in for weed abatement Uh and they have babies. And then they put the little babies in a little pen, like near the street, so we can actually go up and pet them and stuff. But they sound like they yell. They're like, like they sound like they're saying, hey, lady. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little scary. Yeah. Like I can hear it in my house. I'm like, is that a baby or is that a goat? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, we had a goat next door for the longest time. I thought someone was like abusing their child. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's and, what then, it and, then, like. and then my husband's like, oh my gosh, you have to meet the baby goat next door. Like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Ever do goat yoga? <laughs> oh no, but I've seen videos. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah, maybe we should do that in October. Oh, definitely. <laughs> We'll rent some baby goats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll rent them. Yeah. They'll eat everything in your house. They did that yeah. one time. They got into somebody's house and the people weren't home and they ate everything. Oh, their oh sofa, my their drapes. I mean, everything. Wow. <laughs> it must have been for them. I was just going <laughs> to say that, Jeff. <laughs> they got all new stuff, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> cool. All right. So today we're going to talk about a funny question. <clears throat> just, you know, what's it like to have someone in your house that, you, that starts to annoy you after time. And Tracy and I, when we were renovating this house, we stayed with our friends for two months in their house. And we just had the best time ever. It was yeah. so much fun. They had this beautiful house on the lake and we would just cook every day and take care of them. You know, they would come home after work all tired and stuff and we'd have dinner ready and bottles of wine. Oh, how nice. When are you going to my house? Oh, it was great. <laughs> she did confess, though. She was worried in the beginning about us. She's like, you know, we really don't, you know, like get along with many people like as house guests. She goes, but you guys were the best. She goes, <laughs> what, do you think, what do you think makes, made you a good house guest in her, in her mind? Well. What do you think it was? It was probably the wine. <laughs> yeah, that, that probably helps. The abundance of wine and food. <laughs> we figured that just our wine budget would have been thirty thousand a year if we had stayed. Oh, my God. oh, oh totally, totally. <laughs> they didn't wow. even care that I broke every glass in the house. <laughs> but why do you think it is? Do you think you just brought in an energy that was just unique and and it sort of changed the atmosphere, or? 
Did yeah, you, you know, it was, they were beginning on their empty nesters. Their daughter was going away to college and she was with us a little bit in the beginning. And then in the middle of that, they took her to college. And, and so, you know, they had lived with kids in a house full of kids the whole time. And so it was a perfect transition because they were going from kids to being empty nesters. And so we were there to sort of soften that and to have fun. And, and it was great. Oh, yeah. nice. Keeping yeah. them company. Yeah. yeah. I'm learning to celebrate the messes. Um, I have my niece yeah. who comes now and um, she stays with us a lot. And then when I travel, she takes care of the dog and stuff. And she is a messy Marvin. She just like, she's like pig pen. You're like, wherever she goes, there's like this little trail. But I, you know, I would have like, Three years ago, four years ago, I would have been like insane about it. Oh my God, pick it up. My house isn't perfect. Come on, you need to clean your after yourself. Now it's like, oh my God, look how she's expressing herself. This is fabulous. She left this here. Oh my, this is amazing. I love her. You know, it's like she's bringing new energy into my home. So it's just the perspective. Totally. It's the perspective. I love uh, it now. And her dad, her dad's my brother. And he's like, she is such a mess. She's, I'm like, I don't care. And he's like, you don't care that she leaves like half eaten sandwiches on your table. I'm like, no, maybe she'll eat it later. I don't know. <laughs> but how great is it that she's so comfortable that yeah. she feels so comfortable yeah. that she can just be yep. herself and, her. and, and not feel makeup. there's makeup yeah. all over the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. fun. It's In fun. a perception of reality, there's a analogy of, you know, a sock on the floor. Mm-hmm, you look at mm-hmm. the sock on the floor and you think of, you can think of it two ways. Hey, I, I have someone who, in my house who's leaving a sock on the floor. How yeah. lucky am I to have someone in my house? Yeah. Or why can't this, this person obviously doesn't respect me. They're just leaving their stuff all around. Exactly. Right. It's, it's neutral. It's mm-hmm. just a sock on the floor. Okay. If you don't like it, pick it up. Yeah. But appreciate the fact that there's someone there living, you know, who's with you in the house. You know, I do that with dog hair now. I have to do it with dog hair because I have a big, fluffy, furry Australian shepherd and he sheds like crazy. And it's like, I used to be like, oh, there's dog hair everywhere. Now it's like, oh, there's dog hair everywhere. I have a dog. I'm so lucky, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. Jeff, do you have a quote of the day? I do. Now, hold on. <laughs> this has to be a really good quote. Yeah, it has to be like the <laughs> This is the best quote. quote. I think this is the best Joshua quote. Okay, good. And uh, I think you'll you will agree. be judged and critiqued. <laughs> Great. No, I'm ready I'm for it. Into it. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Good okay. thing I'm in alignment. Okay. Heading into <laughs> your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Reality is a reflection of your inner world being projected onto the screen of your outer world. It all starts from the inside out. Trying to change the conditions doesn't change anything because reality is constantly being projected. You can draw a picture on the movie screen, but that doesn't change the movie. The film must be changed before it goes into the projector and onto the screen. If you want something in your reality to change, you must change your persona. Wow. Oh, I got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I love that one. And I found that one pretty quickly because I think it's, I think when you, I think when you go there first and you realize that the reality is a reflection of your inner world, you, you know where you need to start. Oh, I have to start with my inner world. Well, how do I, how do I, how do I change my inner world? I change my, my thoughts. I influence my energy. I change my vibration. Yeah, I love that. You Isn't change that your beliefs. True? You change yeah. your perspective. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so we went to Amsterdam, and this was – we went to Paris and Amsterdam, and it was like this freak kind of thing. It just showed up. We had this opportunity. So – you know, fear popped up and I said, let's just go for it. 
you know, who's going to take care of the dog? You know, how are we going to do the boot camp while we're in Paris and Europe? And I said, I don't know. Let's just go and we'll figure it out. And we did. It worked out perfectly. And then I'm thinking, well, what is this trip all about? And I'm saying, well, in the past, I would have said, well, I have to, you know, maybe get in the hot seat to see Abraham or I have to meet someone there or whatever it is. And so I just went in with this stance of curiosity. I don't know what's going to happen, but I have a sneaking suspicion something is going to happen. Fun. So we had this great time in Paris. We go to Amsterdam. Every part of it was great. And then show up at the uh, Abraham and there's, it's huge, right? Mm. The only ones I've ever been to were here in the States and it's maybe four or 500 people. In this case, it was 2,500, maybe 3,000 people in this big center that they had. It used to be an oil tank and they turn it into, uh, it's round like an oil tank is and really high ceilings and the acoustics are amazing and Mm. gigantic, right? So there's people all everywhere and they're all from pretty much, I would say 90% of them are from Northwestern Europe. Mm. Um, and so it's this great energy and buzz and everything. And I'm, I'm having conversations with a lot of people and it's a lot of fun. But the entire time I'm sitting here over on the left and every single person is coming from the right. Everyone from the very far right, the opposite of where I was. I'm like, mm. oh, this is interesting. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And so... Esther or Abraham had never looked over my direction at all the whole time. And I was like, wow, okay, that's not what this is. And so I started looking deeper into it. What is this? And then by the end of it, I realized from my perspective, I had always put Esther on this huge platform that I'm nowhere near that and nothing like that. And then I realized because my thoughts were churning, I was receiving all the information but at a more specific level, at a higher level. Mm -hmm. Abraham is awesome because it brings in so many people in a a way that they can understand it. But for us who have been listening to it for a while, it's general. And we like the more specific stuff of Joshua. And I could see, wow, this is really the next level. And Mm -hmm. Joshua and Laurel and others are the next incarnation bringing people to another level. And I am as worthy as Esther to do this. And so when I really saw that, and there's been a lot of change over the last, you know, since the boot camp was channeled in December, change in my perception of myself since that time. And really what all change is, is your perspective of yourself. Are you seeing yourself from a higher perspective every day? So this event allowed me to really see myself from a higher perspective and Joshua and all that. And so the last two Joshua lives, I thought, were at a totally different level. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what? I was thinking about that too, Gary, because, yes, you are going up, 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 but everybody in the group is going up, 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 up. So it's like we're all like lifting this little buoy up, 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 because there's like, it's just going to be exponential at this point. It's going to be, we're going to expand so quickly. And that's what it really is. It's the group that's, pulling Joshua to higher levels, mm-hmm. right? They're at yeah. asking more deeper questions that are, that are more enhanced. And I really see that that is such a vibrational thing because when you are at this level vibrationally, you just can't get what's going on. And so when we did the last week seven the other day, mm-hmm. I was seeing it all at such a deeper level. 
And it's so interesting because I can see that other people are getting it at a surface level and I'm getting it at the super deep level. And it's making, it seems so much more profound now, mm-hmm. you know? Wow. I was watching, I talked about this a couple times on something else, but I was watching this history thing where this judge was in, in Charleston, South Carolina in the twenties or thirties or something or forties or fifties or sixties. I can't remember. Maybe it was a <laughs> some, <laughs> some era, <laughs> some era of segregation. It could have been yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, he was in a courtroom, of course, and, and he had a new wife and the wife is, is like, it seems to me that you're treating black people differently than white people. And he's like, well, I don't really see that. And, and she says, well, let's go and have dinner with this black couple. And it's like, we just don't do that. And she's like, why not? And he's like, I don't know why not. And so they go and have dinner with the black couple in their house and it was very awkward at first, and then they do it over and over, and then he sees that they're just like anyone else. But his perception is that we don't mix with black people. And everyone's perception was like that, and it was just how it was, especially in the South. And it made no sense to him after he, after he rose above that limiting belief. We look at it now, and it's like, how could people even believe that back then? Well, it's only 60 years since then, right? Yeah. How is it possible? And we have these same limiting beliefs, too, that we can't see. We just say that's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. And you go 60 years in the future, they're going to look back at us and going, why were they thinking that way? It's so yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah. I've, actually, I've actually noticed in my own life, you know, I came out uh, probably when I was 16 to the first, you know, my friend. And I came out to my parents when I was 18. And we've always, we've always been a very uh, accepting and liberal household. There really was no strong judgment. Um, I didn't grow up with a lot of, I don't know, there, there just wasn't a lot of uh, inherent racism or fear of the other growing up in our household. But uh, when I came out of the closet, I realized even, even just that experience, you, you realize um, how far, the more you the more you pu- you allow yourself to get pulled towards the truth and light and love and acceptance, mm-hmm. you expand and you expand and you expand and and I've seen I've seen what that's also done to my family who started as pretty accepting, but how far they've come from you know I'm 42, so it's been like 20 20 some years. Um, you see how far people can expand, even yes. when you think they've expanded as far as they possibly yes. can. Yes. I mean, and I think just in the year and a half of, of Joshua and Abraham and the laws of attraction, I mean, you go back, the way that I process certain things now, and I think, you know, how I would have approached the same situation like a year ago, it's completely different because I'm just so further beyond my limited perspective where I was. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. awesome? It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. You just want everybody to feel the same mm-hmm. way. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And, and that- today always feels like the best day to me because yes. like, I wouldn't want to go back to yesterday. I knew so much less. I was so much yeah. less expanded. It yeah. was the best day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. And going back to like what Jeff said, I love the whole gender fluid thing. I I don't completely understand it. So I hope I don't offend anybody. But I love the fact that we are they, you know, what I mean, we are a they. we're in a yes, I maybe chose a female body, but I'm still that 
that's so constricting to who I am. And I just love that the, the gen, young generation is really coming out with that. And I'm fascinated by it. And I love it. Don't always understand it. I'm trying to understand it. But I just think like you're saying, Jeff, that is just such an expansion of who we are. I'm excited to see what else is coming. Yeah. And now take it a step further and realize that we have these limiting beliefs about ourselves that we yes. think are true. Yes. And so, the only, we don't know about. We don't, we don't know about. Know about right? We just think they're true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about my journey from six years where Joshua comes through, and I'm not telling anyone because I'm so freaked out about it and think it's so weird. Mm-hmm. It was really hard to bring up the subject with even my best friend, you know. Yeah, it's your version of the closet. I mean, we yeah, all have, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we all have our version of the closet. You know, a few years ago, somebody said, you know, I came out. I can't remember the context of it, but he said, "I've come out of the the closet," and I thought, "That's my that's my term. That's reserved for us." But you know, the more that I realized <laughs> it, we all have different facets of ourselves that we all have to come out. You know, yeah. we all have to just let go and be free and accept. And yeah. that's probably yeah. Gary. You had mentioned that a couple. I don't know, a couple podcasts ago, you had said something about uh, that experience in your life of having this secret, of having this this double life that you, you couldn't really talk about. And I, I really associated with that. I thought that was just so profound because I think everybody has something like that in different... Yeah. Degrees. Well, imagine that you realize you're a spiritual leader and teacher, and yet all the people you know know you as, you know... A truck driver, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And so how can you go to be a spiritual leader and teacher from a truck driver? Well, you were always were a spiritual leader and teacher. You were just hiding that fact. Or you just didn't realize it, you know. Now that you realize it, you can step into it. But now all those people who have some opinion of you because of how you used to be. Yeah. But what I found was that every single person accepted it. Nobody was thought I was weird, you know. Yeah. Everyone found something to like about it. The fact that the books were written or there was a podcast going on that we were, well, the funny thing is that people who don't know about this go, how do you have so many people, all so many friends all over the world? <laughs> you know, where did you get all these friends? Yeah. <laughs> My spiritual mastermind group. It's <laughs> just amazing to think that some people don't, I mean, that, that there are people that don't feel that's possible to have yeah. friends and relationships yeah. Yeah. with people in different countries. And yeah. I, I uh, yeah, it's interesting. Well, yeah. technology helps a lot too. The fact that we can totally. do these Zoom meetings. I think that the technology is really what the uh, era of awakening is all about. Mm-hmm. You know, without this, you have books and you have events you can go to, but mm-hmm. you can't be immersed the way we are now. Right. Yeah. All right. So who's going to read for Siri? I have Siri's question right here. Okay. Okay. Hi, Joshua. The area where I am having quite a few negative manifestation events is in my home. I feel like I was kind of invaded by a friend who is living with me now indefinitely. She moved in around the middle of July. She is paying me to stay here, but that doesn't seem to be much consolation for me. I am very neat, tidy, and clean person. I am a very neat, tidy, and clean person, and I'm finding myself getting very aggravated almost on a daily basis with her habits, almost weekly having to remind her to do and not do certain things. I also feel uneasy in my own home now. 
I would like to feel more at ease with her and the whole situation without letting the cleanliness factor get out of control at the same time. What is the best way to approach this problem? Thank you, Carrie. So that's an interesting thing because you can see from our perspective now that it's all about controlling her uneasy feeling by controlling the outside conditions. Mm-hmm. And if this is a manifestation event, it's pointing to a limiting belief that creates this uneasy feeling. Right. So rather than trying to control your friend, you control or you process whatever that limiting belief is. And everyone has this thing on cleanliness mm-hmm. and everyone's different about it. <clears throat> and it is an interesting thing. How do you, you, we all have these certain things we want done in the house and other people don't see it the same way we do because they have a different perspective. They don't see anything. They don't know that the color of wall that I'm looking at here <laughs> is different to them than it is to me. Right. And so their perspective of what's clean is totally different to them than it yeah. is to me. Yes, I know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> when I moved, when I moved in with my husband, because he had the house, there were so many things that he wanted me to do like him. And we had so many arguments about it. Wow. And that was like, that was the best, that was the best lesson, man. Yeah. <laughs> we did we learn a lot. Lesson. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, no, I was going to say, so how did you, do you, did you find that you, uh, sort of adopted one approach or do you still feel that you have separate approaches to, to, to cleaning the house? If if I felt like it was like, Oh, why didn't I ever think about that? That's a great idea. Then I would do it. And if it was like, I don't see the benefit in that, then no, I wouldn't, but I wasn't the same person then either. Um, So I took, I, it was my reason to take it out on him. And then, you know, it just like went back and forth. So we had a few years like that. Yeah. Thank God for thank God for now. <laughs> I sort of like I think we both do now is live in this way of if something you want something different than it is, then you just do it. Hmm. And you can see it two ways. You're like, okay, well, how come I'm always having to do this? <laughs> I shouldn't I tell the other person to to do this so that you know I don't have to do it? And say, well. It's your thing that you want, so you do it. And if you yeah. either do it or not do it, fine. But if you want that done, then just do it. Mm-hmm. If you want yeah. the seat down in the toilet, just put it down. It's yeah. not a big deal, right? It's funny because I read that in an unschooling book the first time I ever heard that. She was like, don't make your kids clean up their messes. If it's bothering you, you clean it up. <laughs> and I didn't know this at the time, and I was like, that's, that's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, because because you know, my thing is like, well, I don't want to be constantly cleaning up messes, which is kind of what Sirirata is saying. I don't want to, you know, we think the only way to get what we want is to control the situation. Well, my my house is not a total pigsty, and yet if I'm bothered by something, I'll pick it up now. Right. Yeah. You know. So I guess there's a balance there between, you know, getting things and then share, you know, everyone harmoniously sharing in. The, the house and taking care of it and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but not trying to control too much. Right. Right. Especially when it's easy to control, you know, if there's kids there, it's easier to control them than it is to control your husband for sure. Right. 
Yeah. So, and sometimes I have yeah. <laughs> a pristine, nice, clean house and everything, and that speaks of who you are, whatever. But in this, now I'm realizing you can't live like that. Living is messy. Living is stuff. Living is, you know, just being in the moment. So it's like that makes no sense. And I adopted that way back when, when my mom, from my mom, you know, teaching me how to clean. And if it wasn't perfect, it wasn't right. It wasn't good enough. You have to do it again. And now I'm realizing how much time was wasted on that. You know, it's like living is messy. It is. Uh, Yeah. For some people, I think for some people, I think sometimes there are people, you know, it's also, a, again, a reflection of your, in, you know, how you're feeling inside. And I think that there are some people, my husband is very, very clean. I've become, I've tried to become a, I think I'm a pretty clean person now. We're really tidy and meticulous. And I think a lot of it is, is a personality thing, right? You know, some people just need to have that kind of, yes, I guess, control. Yeah, (laughs) I do like clean visual lines. I mean, I am a very visual person and I like clean lines, but I can, I'm okay with With chaos too. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I am. Yeah. I am too. too. But my normal state is clean. Definitely. Cleanliness. Yeah. I get a little crazy when it's a little too cluttery, but it gets cluttery. You're right. You're right. It does get, we sort of just throw our stuff everywhere. Accumulate. I had a girlfriend in high school whose one of her chores that she had to do around the house was to rake the carpet. <laughs> Have you ever heard of this? Gary, you're dating yourself. No. <laughs> no, I've never heard of that. It's in the living room. Long shag carpet. It was long yeah. shag carpet. It wasn't really that long shag. It was just a normal carpet. So it's like, well, you know. And it's a lot of crap. It. it was in the living room and you couldn't have a footprint on it. And if there was a footprint, you had to rake it. Oh, I thought she was like raking like toys off of it. Like, no, cat hair. (laughs) No, No, making it look perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My mother-in-law used to do that with a, like a a, a wicker rake thing. I'd be like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I'm like, let's go in the living room. I'm like, no, I don't want to rake. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my, well that, yeah, I was the house guest in my dad's home this, this summer with his, um, new, with his fiance and they are so meticulous and everything is new and white. We weren't allowed to sit on the furniture. Oh wow. And, and I was, I was always like, oh my gosh, I, you know, our house is such a mess and there's so many things I want to fix. And when I got home, man, did I love the fact that we didn't care that much. Yeah. yeah. It was just so stressful. <laughs> we watched recently a Raymond uh, <laughs> show where, where uh, Ray, Ray's wife is in the mother-in-law's house and she has this new vacuum and she's showing, trying to show the mother-in-law that her house is dirty too. And the thing is you, you vacuum around and then you look at this bowl of water and you can see the water is dirty and she <laughs> vacuums and vacuums and vacuums and then shows the water and, and the, the mother-in-law is like, looks pretty clean. <laughs> vacuum, 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 vacuum. <laughs> then she gets, so then they, they have this, all the families there and they, start talking about the couch that they've had the whole time that's always been wrapped in plastic. And so they take the plastic off the couch and they're like, okay, sit on it. And like, really? We can sit on this couch now? They're all afraid to sit on it. She's like, yeah, I don't care. I don't care anymore. Take the plastic off. Sit down. I don't know if I should sit. Who's going to go first? (laughs) 
her husband's eating chips. He drops them everywhere, and everybody gets up and screams. <laughs> Classic goes back on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's read for Joshua. All right. Dear Siri, the best way to approach any problem is to regain your alignment, tap into the energetic stream of consciousness of source and love. What is love? Love is acceptance. To show your love, you accept what is. You accept the conditions as they exist. You look at the subject of your perceived problem from the higher perspective of love. From that perspective, you will see through the illusion of a problem. All right, this is a pretty empowering idea here, that, that all problems are illusions. And that from a higher perspective, there is no problem. Well, Joshua's talked about that in our last... Um, yesterday. Yesterday about yeah. the, I, I mentioned obstacles, and they said, well, obstacles are the, part of the illusion too. It was like, yes. Yeah, it was awesome. very enlightening. Yeah. It sure was. And so if you know, or even if you have this belief that you can put in place that all problems are illusions, then you can look at it from a different angle, mm -hmm. not just control it or solve it, yeah. but to understand what the issue is telling you about yourself. Yeah. You know, I did that just this morning because I was thinking about my grandson. Oh, he has a lot of rules. And I caught myself, ooh, Wendy, you're judging those rules. Hmm. You know, so I was like, let's process that one. And then after I processed it, it was like, okay, this is perfect. It's perfect for him. And this the whole scenario is perfect. It's my perspective that rules should not be in place. But uh, I have no idea what his trajectory is. Yeah. Right. It's all for him. Yep. Another interesting idea about that is how did he get these rules? Are these rules something he adopted from living beliefs already? Or did he come in with it? I don't know. Most of them came from mom, but yeah. Yeah, I wonder, do they come in with it? I think yeah. that that's a really interesting thing that we never really, you know, where uh, you hear a lot of parents go, well, I don't know where he get, gets this from. Right. I don't know. It, it's not from me. It's not from his yeah. mom, you know. I'm and talking about more like rules like can't have this to eat, can't have that to eat, have to do this, can't oh, okay. decide yet, you know, things like yeah, that. Those were placed by his mom. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes when he's making up a game, he might make up rules too. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, let's go to the next one. I, the, the one thing I wanted to just say, Gary, I love the um, that it's an illusion. Yeah. You know, yeah. When, when you're when you when you're faced with a problem. If you know it's an illusion, I, I now, I don't, I don't necessarily use the word illusion, but what I do is I, I don't make any, I don't make any action. I don't, I don't make any actions. Right. I don't, I don't make a move. I almost, in a way, I almost pause and sort of recalibrate and, and meditate and because, and, and Joshua always says this, you can't really act in fear. I mean, you can't, any kind of, any kind of action you take has to be inspired and you have to be aligned when you do it. Yeah. Well, right. I guess you don't have to, but it's better. It's a better outcome. outcome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's more effective. That's what it is. It's more yeah. effective. Okay. Yeah. And the hardest for me, the hardest person to do this with is my husband because I'm interfacing with him all the mm -hmm. time. So that's been, yeah. I've, I've been working on that for the last few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. I like a house guest. Yeah. <laughs> so the problem does not truly exist, right? <laughs> that is what your inner self is trying to tell you through the use of negative emotion. If you perceive something in your reality as a problem to fix, you will receive an instant notification in the form of a negative emotion. 
You have a limiting belief that has been triggered and now you feel fear. The fear you are not being respected, that another is creating in your reality, or that the conditions are wrong in some way. The fear causes you to dip your attention into a stream of consciousness based in fear. You are looking at the subject from a limited perspective. You've connected to a fear-based stream of consciousness, and now your mind is flooded with limiting thoughts based in fear, asking you to change the conditions. You use your imagination to create scenarios where it looks as if the problem no longer exists. However, there is always a flawed premise. Well, this is always a flawed premise. This is always a flawed premise. Yeah, the using your imagination to create scenarios where if you solve this problem, you'll feel better. And since your reality is a reflection of how you feel now, then if you solve that problem by changing the conditions, you still have that same vibration. So some other manifestation event around this idea is going to pop up. All this is trying to tell you is that for you to be who you are, you have to process this limiting belief because you're receiving inspiration that will carry you forwards. And this limiting belief, whatever it is, is bringing up fear whenever you receive that inspiration. So you don't move forwards. It's so hard to remember that when you're going through, and especially when this is new, Mm -hmm. because the impulse is to change the conditions. And then you also haven't had enough evidence and practice to know that when you do change how you feel about it, Mm -hmm. the situation will naturally change. Yeah, You know, it's, it's naturally going to shift, but you can't approach it from the wanting to shift it. It's, it's a little bit of a, you know, you got to get into the groove of it. You have to look at these things from a stance of curiosity. Yeah. Because it yes. takes you out of that stream of fear consciousness. And you say, when you're in curiosity, curiosity is a love-based stance. Mm-hmm. You don't have to figure it out. You just say, oh, isn't this interesting? You know. I always and, set my intention to be aware, curious, and confident. Yes. Aware of what's going on, curious of what, why it's happening, and confident in my own thoughts and feelings. Mm, I love that. Excellent. That's great, yeah. Wendy. Make a t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> definitely a t-shirt. We need more t-shirts. We really do need t-shirts. I'm waiting for the Joshua store to open. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think about it all the time, Jeff. I'm like, oh, we got to do merchandising, merchandising. <laughs> a merch. Yeah. That's going to be someone's business when they enter the boot camp. Though. Yes. Right. That'll be your job. <laughs> I agree. All right. Let's go to the next one. All right. The flawed premise is that you would feel better if this person was not in your home. From a limited perspective, this appears true. From the higher perspective, this is completely false. You would not feel better after changing the conditions because your limiting beliefs would remain intact and actually become stronger. If you lean into the subject of your fear, realize the fear is irrational, and look at the subject from a higher perspective, you will alter your limiting beliefs. You will make them less intense. You will be less resistant. You'll move towards love and away from fear. Your life will begin to feel better and you'll move quickly to the life you intended to live. That is a life of love. So if you try and change the conditions to make yourself feel better, to relieve the negative emotion that you're feeling, you know, that seems natural. Like you put your hand on the stove, you move your hand and you stop that burning sensation. But in this case, since it's a reflection of how you're feeling, you don't truly want to change the condition. You truly want to change that limiting belief. 
And when you change your limiting belief and then see that the situation changes naturally, that's how you build confidence. And that's how you build momentum into living this life of love instead of a life of fear. All right, let's go to the next one. You have two choices, live a life of love or live a life of fear. Most humans are now living a life of fear. Some are choosing to consciously live a life of love. What's the difference between the two? Those living a life of fear place their attention on that which appears to be wrong and they connect to streams of consciousness based in fear. Those living a life of love seek to see through the illusion of wrong and they place their attention on what is good and right. They maintain their connection to the stream of love source consciousness. They live big, bold, exciting, exhilarating lives that bring them all the wonderful feelings associated with love. Which life will you choose? Big and bold. Fear. (laughs) (laughs) Who invited you? (laughs) Wrong. You're wrong, Jeff. I was wrong on that. I got that wrong. I studied that too. (laughs) Took the course twice. (laughs) But if you don't know what you're doing, like one thing, how many, who knows that we receive thought and we don't manufacture thought in our heads. We all think that we manufacture these thoughts mm-hmm. and we manufacture ideas and then we create our own ideas, which is a limiting way to look at it. The more empowering way is to realize that we're receivers, transmitters of thought and that we can tune into either a stream of consciousness based in love or a stream of consciousness based in fear. And that's our choice. And that's how we create our reality. And so think about always, you know, tuning into that source of love. And this is what meditation helps us do. Uh, Abraham actually explained it pretty well. In the workshop, Abraham was saying that meditation, in the beginning, you stop resistant thought, that you stop that stream of resistant thought because, you know, that's what most people are normally tapped into all the time. And so the idea in meditation is to stop thought, see a thought come in, and then, you know, let it ease away, try and get back to no thought, feel another thought come in, ease away, go back to no thought. But after you do meditation a while, you start getting higher level thoughts. And so I was thinking for a long time, no, I'm supposed to stop all thought. But then I was like playing with these higher level thoughts that were really based in love. And then Abraham had just said in this last workshop that that's where you want to get to in meditation. And so now that these new thoughts and ideas are streaming through you while you're meditating. Mm-hmm. And so the purpose of meditation is to, is to connect to that higher level consciousness based mm-hmm. love. Right. Yeah. That's what I told, um, who was it? I think it was Kim, you know, she was having uh, a little, not difficulty, but sometimes she would, do the um, exercises in the boot camp, and she'd be like, you know, sometimes I just don't know if I had inspiration. I'm like, you know, you get it all the time. I says, what I do, I says, I, I listen now in meditation. I says, I'm getting a lot of inspiration while I meditate now. I yeah. said, so try that, you know, and she was like, oh, okay. But yeah, I'm definitely tapping into a higher, you know, source because I, I get it all the time while I'm meditating. And that's, I'm so glad you 
brought that up because so many people think that, yeah, there should be no thought in meditation, which is like not very easy to do. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> meditation really is this tool that is one of the most transformative things you can do. And so I suggest that everyone do it. Showers. Showers. What's that? Showers. Taking showers. showers. Taking showers. Because you also get great thoughts when you're in the shower. That's true. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so if you're, if you're thinking now that what are you connecting into, are you connecting into love consciousness or fear consciousness? And we're getting pretty good at knowing the difference between the two. Absolutely. And so the more we're hooked up into that love consciousness, the more inspiration is coming. And that's one of the great exercises in the boot camp. They make it so that you have to think about the inspiration you received yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, which, which that's after you slept, hard. yeah, you know, so now you have to either uh, write it down or it has to be really obvious or something. But the idea is that you're getting inspiration all day long. Right. And eventually you'll become this blended being while you're just acting on inspiration that's sent to you from your inner self. Exactly. And if you can do that, then you can rule the world. That's right. <laughs> the inspirations that are the most exciting to me that I always usually end up down or, or writing down are like, I was inspired to use a zucchini in my stir fry, you know, like <laughs> something so simple because before, cause I've, I'm an artist. So, you know, like big inspirations have been a thing, you know, for a long time, but the noticing that I'm getting these little cues has been really yes. fun for me. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Let's go to the last one. You have an opportunity here. Can you see that? Can you see how this is this and all situations where you perceive a problem allows you the opportunity to see past the illusion caused by fear? You can only perceive this situation as wrong because you have one or more limiting beliefs that are triggered by how you are choosing to perceive your friend. You can ask your friend to leave. You can change the conditions. But if you do this, you are living a life of fear by not processing your limiting beliefs. If you want to live a life of love, start by accepting the conditions as a gift and look inward. Look at the limiting beliefs. Why is this wrong? What causes you to see it as wrong? The answers will expose the limiting beliefs and you can prove that they are false. This is your work if you seek to live a life of love. And this is the work that we do in the boot camp. 49 days of processing limiting beliefs is part of it. And by the end of it, you're, you know, when you receive negative emotion, you can do this in your head. But the first 49 days, we are actually filling out a two-page form and going through each step in a, in a unique written process that allows you to really see what's happening. It's so clear in that form, I think. I think the best part about the boot camp is being able to take it over and over and over and Mm -hmm. being involved in it and just being in that community and having that just bring you back to center, bring you back, bring you back. Right. Yeah. That's the thing about a lot of other things. You, you go through something and then you're done with it. You're like, well, what now? Right. And in this case, there is so much more that's going on after the first boot camp. Mm -hmm. But the nice thing is once you're in the boot camp, you're in for, for life. And so you can take them as they come along more and more and more. And as they change and get refined and things get added, you're part of all that. And then you're interacting with all these wonderful people all over the world who are amazing. And you're 
joining them in Joshua Lives and then the coaching calls and the Facebook group. It's really fun. Yeah, the boot camp, I think, is just really an introduction. I mean, it's it just gets deeper, I think, I'm realizing. And there's so much stuff that I missed the first time. I mean, you know, I did miss week seven. I was traveling during week seven the first time I took it. And, you know, going back and looking at it, and it just hits you in a different way. And it, it it's amazing. It really is. I think the biggest thing that I've taken away, and I guess it sort of goes, goes along with this uh, – with this, with series question is, um, is always just changing. It's, it's all comes down to alignment and changing your vibration. And I guess what I'm hearing from everybody is it takes, it, it's different for everybody. Everybody has a different trick or an in or a way to sort of alter their, their vibration. And, um, the one thing that, that nobody uh, talked about, which I think we've talked I know a lot of people talk about is how laughter plays a big part of changing. You know, some people have trouble, or at least I have trouble going from fear or anger into love, which is always a good place to be. But I have found that if I'm able to have a midstep, which is usually laughter, like kind of make a joke out of the situation or try to look at it from a very, you know, some of the meditations um, say, uh, um, you know, it's easy. It needs to be fun. Make it joyous. Make it light. And I find that if you can bring laughter into it, you're you're a step closer to regaining your alignment. And then, um, so with with series question, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe there's there's some sort of laughter you can use in this situation to diffuse any kind of uh, anger or resentment at that, at that house guest. Absolutely. I agree. Totally. I, ha, 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 yeah. After shoes here again. Making fun. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't showered in five days. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, how fun. <laughs> One thing is though, when you know what's really happening, when you're in fear and you're having a manifestation event, when you know what's happening and you can just laugh at yourself, especially you can laugh at other people when they're going through their manifestation event too. Yeah, totally. That's a big totally. one. It yeah. is a big one. And you know, I used to be, when I was younger, um, I would shy away from, you know, looking at people or watching them get upset or, you know, feel bad or anything like that. And I, I just, I fascinate myself. You know, it's fascinating to me that now I can just sit and stare people in their eyes and let them have this huge manifestation event. I'm just sitting there like, wow, this is exciting. Like, I was yeah, I was never able to do that. I always felt bad. I would shy away or look away. I'm like, oh, my God, you know? And now I'm just like, it's so easy for me to just empathize. Yeah. 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 I, I would always empathize and immediately feel their pain or feel their sadness or feel right. it heard or try to understand what it is that they're going through. And now I just sort of, I'm getting better at just allowing them just to go watching. through it and realizing they're going to, they're going to have some sort of transformative event from this meltdown. Exactly. Yeah. So you've got, you've yeah. got clarity, you know, what's yeah. going on. That's what we all want is that clarity. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> Tracy and I were coming back from Europe and we get into Philadelphia <laughs> and I'm like, where's my boarding pass? And she's like, I don't have your boarding pass. And I'm like, yeah, you did. I give it to you with my passport. You have my passport. She goes, no, I don't have your boarding pass. And I said, well, you please look in your bag. And she said, no, I'm not looking in my bag. 
and we're doing this in line. We're actually in two different lines, and we're going back and forth over the other line with all these people around that were being really loud. <laughs> They're laughing at us. And I'm having, a, I'm having like half a manifestation event, but I know what's happening, so I'm sort of making it fun at the same time. But I'm getting pissed that she's not going to even look. <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to control me. Yeah. Did you feel like Gary? Did you feel like you were riding two yeah. different trajectories? Like you could go down this one path and have a total meltdown, or you could go this way, which is much more easier and fun. Yeah. Oh, which we totally is broke funny up I broke up with him. I was like, I'm done. Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> so we break up, and then we get back into the other. Break up. By the end of the line, we're back together again. And then in another line, we're telling people, yeah, we broke up in that last line, but we got back together. <laughs> Did you find it? You found it. No, no. we didn't need it because our flight you got canceled. gave it to me. Yeah, but I had it on my phone anyway. I was like, whatever. I was like, you never gave it to me. And he's going back and forth. You gave it to me. If you gave it to me, it would be right here in this pocket because I'm very organized. And I tell, you know, and I know where everything is. And that's why I wouldn't look in my bag. I was like, no, if it's not in this pocket, I would not have put it anywhere else. I do not have it. You never gave it back to me and I was sure I remembered he's like no babe you're kidding right nope I'm not kidding so I went on my phone I'm like all right here here's your boarding pass so I was like you don't need it anyway what are you worried about <laughs> so where do you think it went Gary did you ever probably in the seat pocket that? of the last flight or something he right. probably put it in the back seat of the pot yeah in on the plane and if the flight if the flight wasn't delayed I mean I I've, I'm now getting to this point where I'm sort of thinking all right, well, what, what, where could this go? What, what could possibly happen? So I would have been like, I don't have my plane ticket. So what if I don't get on the plane? Okay, well, how is that for me? Maybe, uh, maybe the plane will go down. Yeah. Right. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just like so many, when you're able to like focus on the, you know, the millions of possibilities how it yeah. will resolve. It and that you don't have to know. And you know, yeah. and so this taught me because the, the flight was eventually canceled. So there was no need for this yeah. thing anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That, I got delayed. I was like, oh no. Then delayed. And you almost lost a really good woman in the process. That's uh -huh. right. <laughs> I would have attracted another one. That's okay. <laughs> there was, uh, There's no loss. Nobody like me. That's right. She's unique. That's You're right. doing this again now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Broke up on this podcast. Break up and get back together. Exactly. We'll get back together by the end of it. <laughs> but I like what Jeff said, and it happens, you know, um, which is rare with us. But if he, well, if me if Gary ever sees me in a manifestation event, he'll be like, try to crack a joke, and laughter always makes me feel better. Always. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Crack a joke, you start laughing, you can see it from the higher perspective so much easier. It's very hard to take yourself seriously now. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I got that so much, yeah, from uh, doing, I think, week seven and also, you know, Joshua Live yesterday. I'm like, wow, aha moments. I'm like, there really isn't anything serious going on here. I get it now. I feel that in my bones mm -hmm. so much now, you know, as opposed yeah. to hearing it and being like, okay, okay. After hearing it for so many months and years and I'm like, yesterday I got it. I was like, oh my God, this is a playground. This is so much fun. Yeah, because you just go, when you get it, it's not that you finally get it, right? It's that it's just, you got a little deeper with it. Right. It just sort of, it all, it all comes together and yeah. Yeah. And now I, feel it. And, and it doesn't again. stop. I mean, that's what I've been telling everybody. It just never ends. It keeps, and you know, with the, the, the onion analogy metaphor, you know, it's so true. You just keep peeling and peeling and peeling and some, some 
peelings are, are thicker and deeper and more, you know, dense than others. But yeah, you when you keep peeling and yeah. Yeah, and growing and seeing differently and yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. And it's I think that's integrating, becoming the blended being. Integrating, right. Mm, yeah. yeah. That's what I think the boot camp does. It's this active process that integrates what you have learned, what you will learn into who you are. And of course, it's not just an eight-week thing because you keep going and going, but it resets your programming to a new programming. Yes. New idea that's so much more empowering than you were. So now you actually have tools to look at these limiting beliefs. And you know when you have a limiting belief and what that's from. And Mm -hmm. you realize that the limiting belief is preventing you from becoming who you truly are and finding your soul's purpose and living in bliss, living the life you intended to live. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like the starting point. It's still a starting point. There's going to be more stuff somehow. I don't know how, but it's, you know, you have to get everyone on this page before they can go further. It's You have to reset. If this was taught in first grade, yeah. we might be at a different place now. Can you imagine? Can yeah. you imagine? That would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> all, these, yes. all these little kids yelling at each other, you have a limiting belief. No, you have a limiting belief. <laughs> My daddy has a bigger limiting belief than your daddy. <laughs> awesome. That's funny. All right, you guys, there's a new boot camp starting in September. Oh. The only way to get into that boot camp is to schedule a call with me. Send an email to uh, Teachings at Gmail. And we'll set up a chat. It's a fun half-hour chat that is different every time. And we're doing a lot of them now as people are getting assembled to go into the next boot camp, which is boot camp number five. It'll be the biggest, boldest, best boot camp of ever. We've we've tweaked it. Not really. It's the same. <laughs> we've we've never added, never seen before material. Yeah, we've added a bonus week to it. Secret <laughs> bonus, bonus week. Time. Bonus week. You <laughs> could totally tell people that you'd added stuff, and we'd be like, "Oh yeah, we'd love that." You know? Yeah, it's like oh, <laughs> I totally. never heard that. <laughs> yeah, because you you don't see it. It's so yeah. funny. Well, but there are things like just. Sorry, I know you want to wrap wrap this up, but there are <laughs> oh, things, like I was saying, like yeah, there are new things. Like yeah, yeah you probably you have mentioned it before, time. but yeah. yeah, it's like you keep taking it, you just keep seeing new things, and you might have known it before, but you'll hear it for the first time. Absolutely. Yes, that's right. I'm yeah. sorry, you didn't let me finish um, Joshua's answer. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> okay, go ahead. with our love, we are Joshua. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, now it's good. Now <laughs> it's good. That was good. Thank you guys for being here. This is fun. That was fun. Yeah. Probably the best podcast in the history of all podcasts, I would say. Totally. They just keep getting better. They do. They do. Better and better. It's because Sir Gunn and I are, are, are on the call. So Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> professionals here. Yeah. They brought us to a new level. We're just a bunch of amateurs over here. Yeah, we were. We were until we had the professionals come on. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Sir Gunn. You're welcome. All right, so we will see you here again another time. Thanks for being here. If you have any questions for Joshua, send them to joshuaquestions at gmail.com. We might use one of your questions on a podcast. And otherwise, have a wonderful week. Tune into Joshua Live. Uh, join the Friends of Joshua Facebook. Do all that stuff. Become involved. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Remember... You are loved more than you can imagine, by more than you could ever count. 
We'll see you next week.